Kamakeo, Kamakeo. Yeah, Kamakeo. All right, who come up with the uh, Kamakeo? Did you go through a few different fight monikers before you landed on Kamakeo? Because it runs rolls off the tongue beautifully. If you yeah, know what I'm um, saying. No, I'm pretty sure it was my my last trainer, Daryl Ford, when I was um, training with him. My name nickname was Kama, and then um, I think after my first few spars, I was throwing some big overhand rights, and I dropped a few of my sparring partners. And then from there, it was, I don't know, we were running one day in the morning and then um, he came out Kamakao and we weren't for it, yeah. Just loved it. Joel Kamakao Kamaliri. So when you're announced, just for the listeners here, which title do you like to be uh, announced with first? Because you've got a WBC Asian Boxing Council title. Yeah. You still got that? I no, I've actually well, I got it at home, but yeah. um, I I vacated it because to fight for the national title, you had to vacate regional. Is that right? Okay. Yeah, you can't fight for the national if you got a regional. Mm-hmm. And even when you fight for a regional, you have to vacate your Australian title. Is that right? Yeah. Why? Why is that? The boxing oh. law, or is that uh, they don't want to you to? Because you see fighters with different straps now. You know, yeah. WBC, WBA. Why isn't the Why is this this the case here? Um. I think you just give uh, the rest of the fighters opportunity to fight for the title. So if you're, say you're the state champion, then you move to the Australian champ- uh, title, you move on to better things. So the state title is le- left there for someone else to fight for to right. get to that stage so they can get ne- go to the next stage as well to the Australian title, you know? Okay. Yeah. So um, when they talk about stepping stones, then you've got your state title. Is that the first thing as a professional you yeah. would be chasing? You want to win the state first, of course, right. yeah. Does anyone jump from the go from state or not even to state? They go straight to the national, depending on how good they are or who manages them. Uh I guess you you can, yeah. yeah. Well, like Lomachenko, if you, but that's you know he's a special breed. Yeah. Um, I didn't win a title till oh, two thousand and eighteen. I think it was the start of two thousand eighteen. My first state title. Mm-hmm. Um, that was like six years into my career. career I turned okay. pro in two thousand and twelve. Yes, I beat. At least four or five state champions from like Queensland and New South Wales and that, but I never got the opportunity. I had opportunity to fight for the state title in 2013, which I lost. And then after that, I left my trainer, went to Sam LeBruno, and then we just worked on kind of building my career before going for titles. So titles don't really mean anything to you until you win the the real titles. So, what do you regarding real titles? With all due respect to the other other organisations out there, Um, real titles as in. Like, my aim was to win an Australian title, mm. okay? And not just winning about, um, you want to be fighting good opponents. So, to win my state title, I fought Yao Yi Ma, who he was, I could have fought him for an Australian or even a regional title. Mm. So, I, I earned my state title the hard way. That's why it meant a bit to me. But the Australian title was always a prestigious title that I wanted to win. You got you mentioned the regional title, which you did win. on the, You're talking the WBC Asia. Yeah. Is that on the same level as the Australian title? I don't believe so. I believe the Australian title is um, it's worth more than me them and most fighters than the WBC Asia. Like WBC is a big name, mm. but the WBC actually the world title or even the interim titles bigger. Mm. But WBC Asia title is probably not as big as and prestigious as the Australian title. All right, so you're doing it in the right order: state, regional, national. Oh yeah, pretty much. Well, either way. If I could have got the Australian title before that, I would have done it. I'd rather would have gone state, national, and then fought for 
a regional title and built my way up in the regional ratings, which you try to do. So how were you, how, what are the uh, behind-the-scenes negotiations to actually get the opportunity to fight, say, for a state or for a, or a national title? Do you have to have representation or do you try and do it yourself? What happens there? Uh, well, usually it's your manager, which who um, my manager is my trainer, Sam Lebruno, so he'll, he'll be in talks with all the promoters. You know, they contact him. Yeah, we've got to fight for Joel, the state title, or Australian title, or whatever else you want it. And he'll obviously call me because if I'm not confident in the fight, then you know he's going to be like, okay, it's, it's not the right fight. But if he's confident in, in who I'm fighting, then I'm confident as well. So he'll just set up my fight, whatever title it is, I'll fight for it. So 2012, you stepped up as a professional. In regards yep. to your amateur career, I've seen some photos in the newspaper with uh, on your own yeah. social media. <laughs> when, when did you actually start amateur career? Um, 2007 was my first amateur fight. Yeah. So how does that happen? Um, do you, your first, uh, inklings that you want to be a fighter, Joel, do you know yeah. that there is a amateurs and pros or you just want to jump in the ring, put some gloves on? When I first, uh, became an amateur fighter, I just, I wanted to get in there. I, I started training. I wanted to get in there. Um, once I got in there, then I was, I always dreamt about walking out to a song and, you know, watching Mike Tyson's interests to to the pro um twitch pro fights made me kind of want to get get to that stage so um i think after i only had 16 amateur fights and then i just i really wanted to get into the pros and you know walking out to that song and the big crowd and that just something i wanted to do is it because they don't allow you to walk out to music as an amateur yeah like they should i think they should because it kind of gets you ready for the pros mm. yeah so i think um it's much more exciting for sure. So your first, did you, which songs did you have? Did you have one song that you knew you were going to come out to on your first fight? Yeah, well, I wanted a song that not too many people walk out to. Because I was going to walk out to like something like Lose Yourself, what everyone walks out to, yeah. or to like Collapse. But now I walk out to Eminem, Go to Sleep, it's called. Okay. Yeah. And that was it. Was that your first song that you came out to as a pro? Yeah, it was. It was, yeah. And now? I still walk out still to Still walk out to yeah. that one. So Only you've been consistent. Well, only I think one time I walked out to another song was because they played my opponent's song instead of my song. Did you think about not coming out at all? I lost that night, so it must have been it was a song for sure. <laughs> Funny enough, your training, one of your stable mates, uh, Michael Zarafer, I've seen him not come out because they haven't had his song <laughs> in the past. Uh, do you remember that? I think it was Malvern Town Hall a couple of years ago. I don't know if you were there watching, but it yeah. took ages for him to come out. I think this is not his song, mate. But he has changed it up a few times, though, Mick, doesn't he? Yeah, he, he used to come out to, because we trained together back in Glenroy as well. Yep. Um, he used to come out to um, Thunder. Mm-hmm, of course. But now he comes out to different songs. I'm not sure what, so, what his song is right now, but yeah, he does change it up. Are you trying to build a brand with a song? Is that what we're try, fighters try to do? Uh, not really. I got my own song just got created by a mate of mine, Mark here. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's just made me a Kamikaze song, my own track. So I'm thinking about walking out to that in my next fight, which would be pretty cool. Um, have you released it? Has anyone heard it? Have you asking for opinions or anything like that? Um, I have. I played a few of the, uh, a few of the chorus and that on um, Instagram, and people think it's pretty cool because like it says Kamikaze in it and stuff, and it's about fighting or whatever. So I might post that up before the fight and see what people say. Did you have anything to do with putting it together, apart from lending your name? Um, he did ask a bit of background information on myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, we caught up one time with my other mate, Daniel, from Reptile Apparel that I'm a yep. part of. And yep. he introduced me to this guy and goes, man, he, he can create you a song. And then, yeah, so we just spoke. And about a week later, he had a song put together. He rapped it. He sung it. 
Yeah, it's great. Is he a fight fan or? He, yeah, he likes boxing and stuff. He's not a, a massive boxing fan. Mm-hmm. He just loves music. So what's his name? You better give him a shout out because, um, you know. Yeah, no, shout out to Mark here. And is he, um, does he have his own label? Yeah, if you search M-A-R-K-I-A, which is Mark here on Spotify, he's got his own, his own music, a few tracks. Now he's very talented. And is um, your yours will be added to his playlist, no doubt. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell him to put it to the playlist. I think um, you get much more views then, that's for sure. <laughs> and uh, and uh, is, what's he actually calling it? Do you have you got um, it? Have you titled it yet? I don't know if he actually if he named it. I'm not too sure actually. Yeah, but um, he might have, but I can't remember right now. And you're happy with it? Yeah, I'm happy for you're sure. Ready to abandon the, the song that's kept you going Go to for sleep. your amateur and professional career. Well, yeah, my pro career anyway, but um. Oh, he I th- does, eh? yeah. yeah, I think it's pretty cool walking out to your own song, something different, and um, who knows, man? This this uh, next fight started something big, so might as well walk out to something something new, you know, something fresh. That's it. So, if we can go even further back before amateur started, yep. your first memories of thinking you, you want to get involved in this crazy life? Uh, pretty much being in the garage in the backyard of my mates at everyone's house, just putting on the gloves and just punching on. Um, that's what we used to do back in the day. Um, I was always known as a kid who could take punches and um, was always very tough. You'd never see me cry. I'd get hit by baseball bats or whatever by accident or cricket bats, which actually happened, and I wouldn't flinch. Um, and then we just go in the backyard and just fight. And then I end up meeting a guy who was a Muay Thai fighter, and that's how I started fighting, man. He, he goes to me, man, you're too tough. you got to come down and train with us. So I went down to Team Ultimate with a... John Sheeter, mm-hmm. and um, I trained over there for about a year, year and a half when I was 15. So did you get in there with, I know Muay Thai with the elbows and the, uh, did you get in on that too, kicking the whole yeah, lot? Yeah, well, kick, I, sparred, I sparred Muay Thai as well with the shin pads on. Um, I did a bit of kicking, was learning elbows and whatever else. Um, thought I was a good fighter until I went to a boxing gym and used my hands and got destroyed. <laughs> so when you're punching on in the backyard with your friends. Yeah. Uh, was there anything that would uh, be playing in your head movie-wise uh, that inspired <laughs> you to uh, be great? I always watched, you know, all fighting movies and Rocky movies and stuff, but I just I just loved fighting. I'm very competitive, man, no matter what it was. If it was FIFA on the on the Xbox or table tennis, I was always very competitive. And I just I wanted boxing while I loved fighting in, that, in, the, in the backyard and whatever else was that. It was one-on-one. It mm. was, it was, if you lost, it was you. If you got beaten by a guy from another school who was all your mate in the backyard punching on, then you were embarrassed because of yourself. So I, I always wanted to do a sport that was about about you and only you. So can I ask you, uh, you're in the backyard, yeah. your folks come out, yeah. Yeah, and you guys are punching on. Uh, what sort of reactions were you getting from your family? Uh, my my mum was into, into fighting, you know, she does the photography. She brought me up, um, you know, doing karate and kind of stuff, whatever. Um my mum and my dad knew, knew how I was. Like, I had, I think, nine black eyes in primary school. They weren't from fights. One was from, yeah, getting hit by a cricket bat to the head by accident. Um, running into poles. I was very <laughs> tough, but my mum just knew I was like her. I'm just very strong. So whenever she seen me, like, in the backyard fighting, she knew, like, that was because of her. <laughs> that's her personality. You get a cricket bat, an accidental cricket bat. Were you keeper? And that's so, yeah, what happened? Yeah, you I was, swung it I was too- keeper. Those right. big, thick, wooden um, old bats. He's the big dude, this guy was, um, and he's maybe grade four, grade five. He swung it and boom, just smacked me right in the head. And all I did was cover my one eye and go, another black eye. 
You didn't have to get in and go to the sick bay. Oh no, like I went. I went straight to the sick bay. Hand over my eye. Walked straight to the sick bay. Got an ice pack. And my parents actually warned my teachers that so they're like, "We don't, we don't bash, we don't bash Joel at home. He's clumsy. He falls over. Walks into poles. Walks into brick walls. He, I walk into anything. When I broke my nose the first time, I was running. And I was four years old. I was running and I slipped over the gutter. I think it was wet that day. I hit my nose on the on the floor of the curb and it broke. Yeah, I can see that beautiful uh, picture of a nose that you got now. <laughs> now, tell me something about that nose, John. Yeah. Now, with all due respect, though, I'm just asking you the question. It's, yeah. a, it's, it's a little bit off-center. <laughs> <laughs> it is. A little, little bit like a compass, yeah. So with the fighters, do you keep it like that until your career's over? Or what's the plan? How long yeah. has it been like that? Or does um, it? I broke it again when I was 21, when I was sparring with uh, Jay Carr. Yep. Um, since then, it just keeps going to the left. But... <laughs> It's, I've been to two surgeons and or, or a few doctors and they said, if you're not going to retire, it's more dangerous to fix it than to leave it like that. So who knows? I'll, I'll, I will get it fixed for sure. Yep. But man, I'm making this nose famous and I think this nose will make me famous. There you go. So, you know, it hangs a bit. So does it get pushed further and further to the left? It does. Even right now, it's very bruised up and that, um, and it does keep going to the left. People say, well, why don't you eat right hands? You know, get a few more right hands. It doesn't matter. You can throw a hundred right hands. It's not going anywhere. So the actual uh, last on that one, on those, don't mean to draw any more extra attention. No, I love those. So cool. is it like there's cartilage missing, or is it? Uh, oh, it's rock solid. I can knock on it and make a noise, man. Like it, my, my nose is it's layer on layer on layer on layer. Like I, I will come, I'll come home from sparring, and my dad would be like, "Oh, hitting the nose again." Like, did I? And I look in the mirror, it's all bruised, but I didn't feel it. So you're like the Muay Thai fighters; they've got the shins of stone that don't feel a kick in the shins. Yeah, my my head. My nose is just rock solid, man. <laughs> so you're probably giving away a secret to for upcoming opponents that maybe work your body as opposed to your head because you're not going to... No, well, growing up from the age of um, 13, have, the backyard fight started because of my body. Everyone in the western suburbs will tell you right now that I'd walk into the Snorbins pools, which is a rough place, and I'd have about 50 people lining up to punch me to the body. And to this day, I've never been dropped Bare fist, knees, elbows, everything. So you're asking them to punch it to the body. You, you, weren't, you didn't owe money or anything like that. No, I, I couldn't walk through. My mates would say, oh, this guy, Joel, can take punches to the stomach. And the guy would be like, no, nah, bullshit. You know, he, can, he can't take punches to the stomach. And then they'd come and they'd hit me. Then the mate would hit me. Then the mate would hit me. And then I was known around the whole western suburbs as a guy who could take punches to the, to the stomach. Yeah. You know, your prep, your prep was quite uh, early. Yeah, my, my body was conditioned from an early age, man. Okay. Yeah. So how long, you, you mentioned your folks, your mum, Marty Camilleri, KO, Marty's KO Boxing, now yeah. photography. Were you going to shows with her? How long has she been uh, ph photographing the fights for? She started after I started boxing. Yep. Um, but she used to always take me down to kickboxing. Mm. Uh, we used to always go watch that, uh, Chris Chrysopolides. Mm. Um and the few of the kickboxers and that I used to love Zambetti's when he came down I'd watch him and yeah but she'd take me to all the kickboxing shows it's a bit of similarity there if you and Mike Zambetti's yeah bald head small yes. he punched a few times yeah which fights do, do you uh, recall um well most most of the ones I didn't see live I'm trying to think which one I did see live was it did John Wayne Parr and him fight in Melbourne yep I think that's the one I've seen yep um, but I used to grow uh, when I was growing up I used to watch his highlight reels man flying knees and his overhand rights he, he could throw hands as well which is great if we just go back to your mum in regards to her work with fighting does yep. she what's she like leading up 
to a fight, one of your fights? Um, oh, she likes, you know, like any really caring parent, she's really, she stresses a bit, but she stays calm, but she does stress as well. You can see, like, she's, oh, have you trained up for this fight? Oh, oh how come you're like that today? Like, um, so she's pretty bit on edge, as she would be, because, um, you know, she obviously wants me to win, and she's my biggest fan, so is my dad as well. Um, but for this fight, I'm I'm going to move out for a week before I move to Sydney. I'm uh, living with one of my mates for a week just to get away from that. I'm very positive. I'm around positive people. People lift me up, and that's what I always I talk about, positivity. My mindset's it's unbreakable. But being around people who are worrying about you, it kind of like puts that negative energy in your head. Mm. So um, I'll move out for a week and stay away and um, go into my fight with the strongest mindset ever. So speaking of this fight, I was going to mention it later on, but uh, your build-up to this fight um, in regards to when do you go to Sydney then? Just give us an idea. Because uh, we'll this is the first time you're fighting away in your professional career, is that yeah. right? Yeah, I've never fought yeah. uh, interstate. Um, I'll be going there on the Monday. So Monday morning, we'll get a press conference on on the Monday. Then Tuesday is the weigh-in. So I'll be there Monday, we fight Wednesday. So do you take the whole team up? Who, who's coming up with you? Well, uh, me and Blake are flying up on the Monday. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'll be just me and Blake and then, um, Neeks is fighting as well. Uh, yep. Neeks from Neeks our Johnson, team. Yep. Yeah. So she'll be flying up with, um, Nick, our cornerman and Cutman, and, uh, Brendan Burke as well, will be coming up as well. And then all the rest of the guys will be flying up like Zarafa and if you got a Benny from my team. How about Sam? Is he coming up? No, he's not coming up. How come? I, I uh, heard stories, but tell me. <laughs> oh, he doesn't like to travel, man. Like getting Sam... Even to to Chelsea for me to spy that uh, Iman Carlos, it's too far for him. Really? Yeah. I thought he had an issue with like planes or anything like that. He just doesn't. I probably, he probably does as well. A lot of people have problems with planes, but yeah, I don't know. I think, but even like yeah, uh, like driving up to Sydney, he won't. He won't, yep. make, he won't make the move. But I'm, I'm used to it. Like where we're used to it now. Team Blake's gonna be my corner, and Blake's like the like Sam's. Brought him up for 13 years, so everything Blake will say is like Sam will say. So has has what did he do? Give you some parting words of advice, and then stay in the headset watching it on pay per view. What happens? Yeah, he'll he'll um even for Blake's fights, like I'll be sitting next to Sam watching it on pay per view, and um he'll be texting on whatever on WhatsApp, whatever to the corner. Um, but at the end of the day, before like right now in, in preparation for my fight, Blake said all my training sessions when i'm sparring blake's in the corner stand next to sam sam's always constantly educate uh constantly educating blake so you know when joel does this make sure you do this when joel comes out do this you know so um he trains blake so when blake's with me it's like having sam there it's like he's creating a business as in allowing people responsibility like a good boss does yeah but it just seems a little bit strange yeah. Lord, you respect Sam. That he doesn't <laughs> travel at all. I know when Michael yeah. fought over in the UK, I thought, all right, maybe he doesn't like to fly. Yeah, I just yeah, thought yeah. it was a bit, Yeah, that's a reason. That's fair enough. Yeah. We're going to Sydney here, mate. Yeah, tell me how we'll fly. Chelsea. Right. Now you tell me Chelsea. I mean, come on. <laughs> Sam, what's the problem? He can't stay away? He doesn't want to leave home? or Where does he yeah. live? Does he live in the gym? Pretty, pretty much. No, he doesn't live in the gym. Um, so there's a couch. And, uh, he, grew up in, in, he grew up in Avondale, the East Kilo area, so um, he's around there, but he he doesn't leave the area. When you, if you see him going to the city to eat, you'll see his Facebook when he checks into the city. All of his mates will be like, who, who took you there? 
He's got like a five kilometer radius. Yeah, that's from that's, that's Sam. Yeah, but I don't know why you maybe get him on the get him on the show one day, interview him. Is he like in a witness protection program or something? No. Yeah, I haven't checked his ankle lately at all. <laughs> <laughs> so how long you been with Sam for? Since you you not straight out not to no. 2012. How long again? Sorry? After five pro fight, so yep. it was uh 2013, mid 2013. So how does that switch come? Um, I just uh growing up. Um, well, first when I turned pro, I was just tough, tough as nails, and I just realised that in a couple of my losses were against guys that I, I should have beaten. Um, just tied out towards the end, and just started just going, had no defence. So I wanted to find a trainer that was uh, very technical, and uh, Brock Ellis actually messaged me saying, "Man, like if you're looking for a technical trainer, Blake's the best defensive and technical fighter in Australia." Mm. And he goes. Sam's training from the start. So I had a meeting with Sam on Killer Road, Mamalina's Cafe, and then we went from there. That wasn't too far for Sam to go to Mamalina's on uh, Killer Road. No, that was about... Nidri. Yeah, that would have been about two and a half kilometres maybe from his house. That was all right. So that was all right. So yeah. um, you were trying to sell yourself. You, he obviously would have known you. Yeah. You were trying to sell yourself to him, or was it like... Um, well, I fought one of his shows. I fought, he ran a show on Fox Sports, mm. which I fought um, against guy Ed Abel, and I, I stopped him. Uh, so Sam knew me, knew me as a character. He knew mm. me as a, as a character. I was, you know, he always used to look at my Facebook, have a good laugh and that. And then we caught up, and, uh, you know, he's sit down with Sam, a bit intimidating kind of bloke, you know, and um, he just goes, come down, mate, we'll see, you know, come down to the gym, start training. Because a lot of people come to gyms, they can't handle it. Mm. A lot of people come to Sam, they can't handle. So you got to be very mentally tough to be a part of Team LeBruna. We're all very mentally tough. So I went to Sam and he had me stepping forward, one step, jab, jab. What the hell is that, Joel? Catch my punch. Don't know how to box. Like you know what I mean? Like he tests you out. He tests the waters, and um, I think I'm that mentally tough these days. I was always mentally tough. I'll do whatever, but um, being with Sam. And for six years now, whatever it's been, has made me that that tough mentally because of the way he trains me and the tests he puts on you physically and mentally. Is he putting these tests on you to actually test you, or is it just like does it come natural to him? He doesn't want to waste time with. Um... He doesn't want to waste time. You know, if you come to the gym at the start, um, you know he'll help you out, see what you got, and then add a few things, get Blake to help you a bit, and just you know see how you're responding. So has he eased off or is he still hard from when the first time? When it was, I'm assuming it sounds like he was just trying to break you to see if you, you had the metal to yeah. um, be part of this team. I think Sam knows that um, I'm, I've got it mentally. Like, you know, I've, I hold myself well mentally because uh, he tests me. Out of everyone in the team, I think uh, he'll test. He tests me the most, you know, because um, he believes I'm, I take a bit longer to learn than most people. But... Yeah, he, and he cares about me as well, you know. He, he cares about the whole team. Um, he obviously tests us all out and, you know, gets angry at us a lot of times because he uh, he cares and he wants us to improve. And at the end of the day, when we walk out there, we're not just representing ourselves, we're representing Team LeBruna and Sam as well. Sounds like you're his pet. Oh, Are you his pet? I wouldn't say that, man. No? I wouldn't say a pet <laughs> at all. <laughs> now, like his uh, school pet, you know, uh, the teacher's pet. Oh no! no you know no. Sammy's favorite. No, for sure. Who's no. Sammy's favorite? Oh jeez. Who does he? Who does he not go as hard on? If you oh, think he's going hard on, I'll you. go hard on. I was gonna say when, when it was first. Obviously, Blake was his first con- concentration, first fighter. Mm-hmm. But no, nah, not his pet. Yeah, I think if Blake was sitting right next to me now, we'd have to say, oh, Benny the uh, Benny Bomber. He's he's still in the amateurs, and and Michael Zarafa. So he treats him a little bit. 
yeah, special. Yeah, yeah. And now Neeks is there as well, you yep. know. Um, yeah, we're, we're falling behind now. I think me and Blake are like sitting in the background like, Sam, hey, Sam, we are. <laughs> well, you've got, you got the shiny belt now, Sam, you know. Is yeah. it, you could show him. Oh, he likes the... He likes the Australian title, the bling. Yeah, he, yes. he likes the bling, which is he was very happy about. Is that where the bling, uh, where the bling sits in the gym, or is that at your place? So let's no, say the WBC in... one. Where's that one? The I'm wearing it right now. You wearing it? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed you had those green shoes, mate. Match that belt. No, nah, my um, it's in, in my room. I yep. keep it in the in the case, just up top of my cupboard. Mm-hmm. Take it out a few times. People want to look at it. And but, the Australian title. Yeah, same. They're all together. The Sam say part of the arrangement is to have it here. I want to show you boys off to p- potential clients. No, nah, he's. I'm not really. Um, he he knows I shot off myself anyway. So when I when I show off my, uh, what I've earned, it's showing off what he's earned as well. You know. So as far as your schedule is concerned, do you have a consistent schedule that is something to maintain post-fight and when you find out you have a fight, does the schedule change? What's the training schedule? It changes a bit. When you're uh, you know, pretty far out from a fight, you try to step up the strength and conditioning and that kind of stuff. But when it gets closer, it's all, all about tactics, who you're fighting, um, you know, specific to the fight, how many rounds you're doing. Uh, but yeah, it's all about game plan, getting the sparring in. Sparring is the most important thing. You can run. I don't run. You, you can run as much as you want. You can do as much strength conditioning as you want. But if you haven't done the sparring, then you, you're getting nowhere. And then it's the tactics as well. So is anyone else brought in, save for this preparation? Yeah. I mean, what do, what does Sam specifically take care of? It sounds like he's the guru, man. Can we call him guru? Yeah, he's a he's yeah. guru. Yeah. Guru, yeah. So what, is, what does he take care of? Um, for pretty much everything. Well, even the sparring as well. You know, we didn't have to really... Get anyone in this time? I've been doing a few rounds of uh, Jason Malia, mm. um, but Michael's Raphael was the perfect sparring partner for Tim Zoo. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, similar style, m- much better than Tim Zoo, I believe. And um, if anyone's going to, if anyone's going to give me the work, it was him. So, been doing a lot of team sparring. And what else does Sam take care of, or does he bring in other, not necessarily sparring partners, but other pros like uh, food and um, psychology? Or in, does he do any of that? Uh, not really. Like the team, a few of the team do go to the same strength trainer, and um, also a guy who does the diet and that. But I have yeah, the elite fight nutrition who do my diet, and then I um, I do strength with. Uh, I made a mind Shane Pace who does my strength training. So Shane takes care of oh sorry, Sam takes care of the sparring. He takes care of the technique and drills and the tactics, which is all the most important things for a boxing trainer. Does he work in with Shane as well, saying he needs a bit of or does Shane say report back to Sam? What happens? Um not really. I just follow the schedule of um like what if Blake's training this certain time I'll do it as well. Mm. I think Sam would rather me training with um, like who Blake's training with and who the team are. Mm. I just got a good bond with Shane and he gets the best out of me, so I, I go there. So where's Shane? Give him a shout-out. Where's he? Is he uh, Shane a gym Pace. or is he a PT? What's a Shane Pace is a PT. Um, mm. He's over in Taylor's Hill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's Shane Pace underscore spec on Instagram. He's got about 445,000 followers, so people should know him. So Taylor's Hill still too far away for Sam to travel to watch you? Oh, I'd say, yeah, 100%. Yeah, Too Sam, far? Yeah. So Sam didn't try and get you. He's not a controller. Is he a controller? As in, um, could he, did he try and get your PT closer to home so he didn't have to, so he could watch? 
I used to be a bit like that, but now I don't know. I believe as long as I'm performing in the ring, he's happy. Mm-hmm. If I'm doing what he's telling me to do, boxing wise, you know, um, he's happy. If I start tightening up and I'm not performing in sparring and that, that's when you'll start blaming whatever else I'm doing. So you also mentioned elite fight nutrition. Yeah. What do they do? They how are they involved? Well, Sarah's my nutritionist. Uh, mm-hmm. She she helps me. Um, well, it's, it's her first time she's on. Well, I've got her on for the first fight now. So this is the first time I've been with her. And um, she looks after my diet and stuff. So I'll tell her how much I'm weighing, what I'm eating, what's reacting not too well to my stomach. And she'll she's on call 24-7 to me. So, so you know, whenever I want, I need her, I'll call her and she'll hit me, hit me up and she'll help me out. So who reached out to who on this... Um Sarah. Uh, I reached out to her after seeing her work with um, Indigo Boyd and uh, Ray DeMarkey as well. I seen, you know, I wanted someone who was in the fight game because mm. they understand fighters, obviously. So I I hit her up and then you know, I got speaking in that. She actually jumped on board as a sponsor now, which is amazing. So what is she actually? She's not cooking the food for you. She's just telling you what nah, to eat. No, she doesn't cook the food for me. She tells yeah. me what to eat. With all due respect, Sarah. Yeah. Or well, maybe one day she will. But she uh, gives me the diet plan and all that stuff. And then I send it off to... um. San Marco, who are one of my um, sponsors as well, and they cook all my foods for me, man. It's like, I think that's why I'm single. I, I get it too easy. I, I got to, I got to, um, the team there cooking me all my meals for me. I don't know if you put out that you're single and you get people to cook for you. Could be something to attract the girls. Yeah. Oh, well, you cook. get fed. Yeah, I get fed. Yeah. You know, I'm, everything's good right now. I got, you know, my my diet plans there. My my feet, my foods all available to me. It's all cooked for me. All I need now is um, someone to wash my clothes and maybe, you know, a bit of ironing. I get a laundry sponsor on board too. <laughs> laundry. <laughs> so does Sarah speak to San Marco restaurant in Coburg to... Um, um, to no, nah, ha- she doesn't really. She uh, she sends me the meal plans and I send it off to San Marco. And, um, but I've got a... In, uh, like her and Shane are following each other as well. So, you know, they're in contact. I'll, I want to get everyone working together, especially after this fight. You know, after... After this fight, I want everyone together so they're all on the same wavelength, the same page, you know what I mean? So what are they, what's she sending? A list of chicken, beef, rice, and then yeah. San Marco work it into a particular... Yeah, well, San Marco actually do meal, they do meal preps as well. Yep. And they do amazing food. It's not, it's not this frozen stuff. They do mm. it fresh. I pick up every three days. So they'll cook me. Yeah, she'll say, okay, I need 150 grams of chicken with a bit of spinach and whatever else and this and berries and... You know, even breakfast, I'll cook me my, my omelette with whatever I'm going to put in it. And I'll send them, yeah, so I'll send San Marco, even the measurements and stuff, and they'll, if I need it, they'll do it. So you do miss any particular foods during your prep? I miss ice cream the most. Yes. Ice cream and uh, just, I think you just miss foods. You miss every food because you can't have it. But then when but then after you fire, you look at it, you're like, I don't actually want it. But mm. I still have it just because I, in case I know next time I'm going to crave it. I love Thai. I love Pad Thai. Um, coconut rice and satay chicken stuff. I love Ben and Jerry's ice cream and which flavor ice cream? Ben and Jerry's. I like the cookie dough, chocolate chip cookie dough. Are they a uh, sponsor yet? No, they don't. No, I'm, I'm actually I'm lactose intolerant. They they have dairy free as well, which is good. So maybe one day they jump on board. Need a good sorbet. Yeah, I've been having that Halo Top ice cream. Yes, know, yeah, Halo Top dairy free. So maybe one day they jump on board as a sponsor. Is that Ben and Jerry's as well, or no, it's not Ben and Jerry's. No, I'm not Ben and Jerry's. No, I'm, I'm kind of cheating right now, but I'm not taking so it's all good. What have you learnt since you've been with Elite Fight Nutrition that you weren't doing pre? Um, what were you doing? Are pretty much the same. I kind of, I kind of knew what I had to do. I just never did it, 
And uh, Sarah's always on my back, just, you know, what are you doing, blah, blah. I've learned that, first of all, I don't eat enough variety of vegetables. I don't eat enough. Um, but my stomach, like, even when I eat healthy, I've got um, irritable bowel syndrome. Mm. Man, when I eat anything, it hurts my stomach. Mm. I'll eat berries, it'll hurt my stomach. I'll eat broccoli, it hurts my stomach. It's like, sometimes I, I feel as though you going to Macca's and is having a McChicken burger with, you know, some nuggets on the side of sweet and sour sauce because that's not going to hurt my stomach as much as as a, a piece of fruit's going to hurt my stomach. So with your weights uh, walking around yeah. pre, pre-camp, pre let's say, yeah. how far are you off? About, you don't let yourself go by the looks. Well, the thing is right now, like um, if I jump on the scale, it might tell you like, you know, 74 kilograms, mm-hmm. but I know I'm not 74. So I was probably 69.8. I walk around, I used to walk around max 75 Goes up to 77 now. I think my stomach got became more sensitive. So what happens? I hold water weight. Mm. Um, I'll walk around and maybe like, yeah, six to seven kilograms above my weight division. But then I'll weigh in at 69.8 or whatever it is. And my last fight, I walked in the ring at 70.3. So I put on, I weighed on the dot, 69.85. I put on four, 450 grams. It's and nothing. Which is not normal, yeah. Even though I walk, I'll, I'll walk around at 75, whatever I walk around at mm. 76. Mm. When I get to the weight, I must cut out foods that don't bloat my stomach. Mm-hmm. And then after the weighing, I, I rehydrate, do all I got to do. I eat my food, whatever else. I walk in a max 70, 70.3. I went to Walter weight two fights ago. I weighed in at 66.3 and I went up to 68. That's still even under super Walter weight, you know what I mean? I don't, I don't put on weight. So are you... What are your thoughts on, um, the, it sounds like you're doing it easy in regards to your weights. Is that yeah. something that you would consider dropping weights because you're making it too easy? Well, I dropped to welterweight, but then after I won that, the WBC Asian title, I um, wanted to fight the Australian champion who wouldn't, his management wouldn't fight me. Mm-hmm. Right? So they told me I can fight one of the other fighters, which was the super welterweight. So that's the only reason I went back to super welterweight was to fight, I wanted the Australian title. And then I was going to, whatever, I vacate it and go down, whatever, back to welterweight. I got this opportunity to fight against Tim Zhu, and you know I'm I'm strong. I'm walking around right now, 74, strong mm. as strong as nails. I think I've put on muscle or something. But um, I showed him my last fight. I fought a bigger guy than me, Billy Lamov, and I was hitting him. And he told me, "Man, you punch really hard." So I'm not. I fought 22 fights in this weight division. So you're quite comfortable at that weight. We're not going to have uh, last minute stress no. of trying to drop down three, four kilos. No, at on all. On the like, day, no. I've made three kilos lighter. What sort of, in regards to, let's say you go to Sydney, yeah. what, uh, three days before the fight, yeah. what are you sitting at whilst walking around that? Three days before, I'd only want to be max two kilograms above weight. Two kilograms can, you know, you can sweat that out. Uh, I'm so used to being at weight two days before, mm-hmm. which it's good, but at the same time, it's like, I know my opponent's going to walk in heavier than me. Um, if I can do it comfortably... And lose the last two kilograms in the last few days, and put that back on. It's not going to affect me, man. You, your body holds so much water weight. You can mm. lose ten percent of your body, your your water weight, without affecting your brain fluid. So, if I lose two kilograms and I'm sitting at seventy two at the time, it's not going to affect me at all. So you get you get peace of mind though. You're not stressing out. I can imagine there are some fighters that are stressing out on weight, losing it, turn up to the weigh-ins looking yeah, dead. I've, I've never stressed, man, over over weight. Um, I've always made it. I've never not made it. So. I won't be stressing. So in regards to when you're preparing this, are you preparing full-time for this particular fight or are you doing some odd jobs to keep uh, the fires burning at home, the, um, the lights on? <laughs> no, nah, I'm 
I'm pretty much I'm full time right now. You yep. know, I'm, I'm a school teacher by trade, mm-hmm. secondary school teacher. Mm-hmm. Everyone always asks, "Oh, are you a PE teacher?" Yeah, I'm I'm PE psychology and health. So I've got brains. I did bachelor of applied science in PE and and uh, psychology. Second, mm-hmm. with my second method. Um, I just have gone full time as a as a fighter right now. Um, after that, after I have my fight, I will go back to the schools and work one to two days a week. Substitute. Substitute. Yes. Okay, so CRT, yeah. is it any particular schools? Where, how does the CRT? Is it CRT? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. How does that work? Are you kind of in a pool, and they need someone in your area? Do you stay nearby? Or you can do that. It's through. You can go for an agency, but no, I just went around a few schools, handed my resume. I started in 2014 teaching, so I've done quite a few years now. Uh, I just I work at Killalowns College, which where I went to. Braybrook and also Copperfield and Sydenham. So when you want work, are you getting a certain number of regular shifts just to keep things going? Yeah, they love me, man. It's um, they called me the other day. I told them I'll give them a call after my fight. So I, you know, if I put down three days, I usually get three days. You ever turned up to school post fight, looking yeah. a bit worse for wear? My last fight, I, I went on the, I fought on the I think Friday or Saturday, and I went to school on the Monday. Did you? Um, I've went to school with. You know, stitches still in my eye, bruises, black eyes, but they know I'm a fighter, and uh, so they, the kids love it, and teachers just know when I when I walk to school with a black eye, I'm not promoting violence. Well, I guess boxing is violence, but I'm not promoting street fighting or whatever else, or you know that kind of stuff. I'm, they just know I'm, I'm a fighter, and all the students know it too. Was it the last fight that you went full time? Usually, I take the last two three weeks off. Um, I think against Dwight, when I fought Dwight Ritchie, I went. I had about four weeks off from work or three weeks off from work. So I still have a few weeks off, but this one I just decided that, you know what, I want, I'm getting, I had a big fight, Australian title fight, which I took off, I think, yeah, maybe four weeks for the fight. After that, I'm like, listen, I, I'm getting to where I want to get to and I've got bigger goals to achieve now. And, you know, the extra money I'm getting from teaching is not going to make up for, okay, if, I, if I lose a fight, you know what I mean? So I've got to commit 100% to my boxing and that's where the sponsors come in and, and people say, oh, you know, people, why are they sponsoring you for? And what do you need sponsors for? We don't make much money as boxers, man. We, I make more money from teaching. If I work five weeks of teaching, I'll make my average fight pay usually, you know what I mean? Mm. So like um, sponsors come on board, they pay me you know, a wage or whatever per year and that allows me to be able to commit to my to commit to my career because without sponsors, people don't understand. Why do people always talk about their sponsors for blah, blah, this, that thing and that? But at the end of the day, without the sponsors, we wouldn't be able to fight and you wouldn't see any Australian fighters going overseas to fight because we couldn't afford it. So yeah. in regards to the financial struggle that fighters have, yeah, I mean, obviously a sponsor is important. Yeah. Do you, do you get approached generally or do you have to go out and be your own salesman? What happens? Uh, well, I promote myself very well and I'm always posting and asking for sponsors and, you know, sponsors have hit me up and people like the sponsors are on board right now. I've had a few sponsors on and off, on and off. But sponsors that are on board now are real genuine sponsors and they want to they wanna support my career. You know, even if they, they don't need me to promote them. Some of them, are, they're well-established businesses. They're just supporting me because they, they understand how much effort goes on behind the scenes for a boxer and they appreciate what I do. When they see me win, they're happy for me. Whereas other sponsors will get, jump on board just for the fact that they want you to promote their business. Mm. They don't want a friendship. They want just, oh, you know, Joel gets on social media, everyone watches his videos and blah, blah. Oh, we'll give him out this, and then um, he'll promote our business. And you got no problem with that? You know what? If they, if they pay me, no, back in the day, I used to take any sponsor. Now I don't, because what's, well, oh, I'll give you one grand, bro. Can you wear this? Like, 
what's one grand going to do for me? I'll work three days of teaching. Mm, um, mm, mm. To me, I want real sponsors. I want guys who are going to call me up. Hey, man, how's your, how's your trip going? Hey, man, what are you doing today? Like, I want to make, make friendships, sponsorships, so it's not just same thing. It works both ways. I don't want to sit there and be like, like act like, oh, I'm only talking to them because they're giving me money. I want to build a friendship where if they need me sometime for something, Joel, can you come help me out at my house, blah, blah, blah. I'll go see them. Mm-hmm. So it works both ways. So uh, yeah, I could see uh, you've got yourself uh, a couple of sponsors uh, along the. Are these uh, up to date? Can we mention them or some oh, dropped are, off? I oh, know these are um, these are Sam. This is actually Sam, the team Labruna. Okay, okay. The team Labruna, uh, hoodie. So I haven't got my sponsors um, on me. They're um, they're on my back, but mm. I got. So my major sponsor, I'd like to give a big shout out to, um, which is Eden's Excavations, uh, House Wales High Point. Being in habit constructions. Hang on, one at a time. Eden's excavation. Eden's excavation. So how do you know them? How do you know Eden, Mr. Actually, and Mrs. Eden? Uh, Eden, I actually went to primary school, primary school with his brother. There and you then go. I seen him at training one day at a gym and he hit me up and and sponsored me. Mm-hmm. Then there's House Warehouse High Point. Uh, George from House Warehouse and High Point, he owns House Warehouse, him and his brother Joe. All right, with all due respect, all right, I don't think you've been getting many haircuts from <laughs> <or> <laughs> no, Unless you're getting a stack of products for your mum there. Uh, <laughs> no, it's not about that. It's about who I can promote to. And I, yeah. I, I'll promote anything. I'll promote a, a bar of chocolate. I'll promote this table right now. Mm. So I promote House Warehouse and High Point quite well. And uh, they're one of my biggest sponsors. It's funny because everyone says you get no hair. What do they sponsor you for? It's always a good gimmick, though. Yeah, it is, man. What's the actual, um, uh, do they ask, does a particular sponsor, is it like a package that you have? Does yeah. you say, listen, you give me X amount of dollars, I'll do this for you, or do they turn around and say, I'm going to give you this, this is what I expect. How does it work when you well, sponsor, if, if someone wants to get on board? Now that my career is growing, um, I've got packages. Mm. I've got my major packages, which um, you know they pay weekly and whatever, weekly, yearly, or whatever they can pay. Because mm. if you hit someone up for, say, Say five grand, seven and a half grand, ten grand, you know, say twenty grand. And you say, Oh, I want twenty grand. Like, oh, what the hell? Or, or I want five grand. Five thousand dollars straight up is still a bit a bit of money, man. Yeah. So I put it like, you know, my major sponsors who pay, say, seven and a half grand, they might say, Okay, listen, I'll um I'll pay you weekly. Mm. Ends up being like hundred and forty four bucks. The five grand sponsors, I'll pay you a hundred bucks a week. Mm. It's like to them, they pay me weekly in that, whereas but then there will be other sponsors who might say, Listen, I'll give you 20 grand, you do this for me, you know what I mean? So I'm at a stage where it's like I've got packages, but I'm not pricing my pricing my sponsorship right now because if I get a big sponsor who's yep. going to jump on board with, with a bigger amount of money, then I've got to put them first and got to promote them better than the ones who pay me half the amount. Uh, when you say you don't take on all, all sponsors, yeah. is there anything in particular that you haven't taken for any particular reason? Um, oh, not not really. Um, I'm just saying just a little sponsor that oh, I'll give you this for whatever. Like, I will take some on board, but then like for myself, um, like I'll get like I want a real sponsor. So for example, like I've got Elite Fight Nutrition on board, um, and I I respect her a lot. We get along really well. Whereas another company hit me up and wanted to sponsor me, and I just wasn't interested. Even though they wanted to pay me and stuff, I'd rather have someone loyal who's going to help me out than take on a sponsor that. Um, I'm not going to even use their, their service, you know what I mean? That's that's probably the reason why, because some products hit me up. I'm not going to wear their stuff. I'm not going to take their stuff. I'm not going to do, oh, you know, so there's no point. I'm not going to promote a business I don't believe in. 
So we noticed a couple of things. These have got to be sponsors too. When you're jumping into a freaking cryotherapy machine, my goodness, they're a sponsor. <laughs> is that crazy? That's you know, the, what, um, is, what? Where are they? Where are they from? That's RK Recovery. That's Ryan Mitchum from my team, and Caston is made as well. Um, I don't jump in there because they're a sponsor. Tell you the truth, man. I, I jump in there because I do the cryotherapy. And anyone who's done it will tell you I've never heard bad feedback from it. It just, uh, it, you know, it's like jumping into an ice bath, which is better. Um, it helps with my swelling. Then I jump in board. They got a um, hyperbaric chamber, and you know when you go in there and you get out, you not you don't really feel a straight effect like oh this is amazing. But if you do, I've done research on everything they offer the hyperbaric chamber, the um, red light therapy bed, they got the infrared sauna, the cryotherapy. I've done research on that stuff, mm. and it's going to help me, so I'm going to do it. If Ryan hit me up with some business that I didn't, you know that I didn't think's going to help me at all. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna promote the business and let him jump on board as a sponsor. I will help him out because he's a mate, but I'm not gonna jump on board as a sponsor. I'm gonna, you know, he's helping me out, so that's why I'm promoting him. So these guys are in Tullamarine. Yeah, they're in you've done your research. Did one come after the other as so far as the cryotherapy machine over the hyperbaric chamber, or did you take them on both at the same time? I took the cryotherapy and the hyperbaric chamber on board at the same time. Yep. Cause I just I went there once and they were getting both at the same time, so I thought, you know, you're getting it for a reason. Let me search the benefits. I like the benefits, so now I use it. For someone who hasn't heard of cryotherapy before, can you yeah. explain it in a layman's terms that we understand? Cryotherapy, it's it's a machine that you step into. Um, it pretty much just blows out cold, cold frost or cold smoke, and it goes to like you put level three, like minus 120 or something degrees. And you just stand in there, you move around a little bit, and it just literally three minutes maximum yep. freezes you. And um, I don't know, it must either draw blood away or to the to the places that you, where you're sore, and you walk out of there feeling numb, and then you feel good. So for those who haven't seen a cryotherapy, cryotherapy machine before, what's the shape of this thing? You're not going in fully closed, <laughs> uh, no, as in they close your head in? No, no, it's like a coffin. No, no, it's... <laughs> It's like a standing up coffin. It's like, right. a, it's like a cylinder, a big, like a big cylinder. Okay, yeah, it's yep. a big cylinder. You stand yep. in there, your head's out of it. You, yep. you you put this lid thing on, and your head's out of it. So your body's enclosed in the thing, um, in the machine, but your head's out of it. Because if your head was in it and you did cryotherapy session for three minutes, you probably pass out and die. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you kind right. of, yeah, that's why there's, <laughs> that's why there's safety precautions. You got to have your head out of it. Is it just someone overlaid some music over a recent post while you're in cryotherapy, or was it just me? But was it the rocky music on in the background, Joel? He <laughs> usually <laughs> asked me what song to put on. I just go, honestly, man, nothing's going to help me for this, you know, stand this, this freezing smoke. So um, he just put it on. Just, uh, so it was. It wasn't. No one just put that over the actual video that was playing no, he while you're standing in there. Yeah. To help you now, the hyperbaric chamber mm. that is is that more of a cocoon sort yeah, of thing? What's man, that I'm, about? I'm, I'm a bit that anyone who's not even claustrophobic, uh, claustrophobic, you're like you go into a the chambers like you can get the hard shell ones, which is like a, like a cylinder, long cylinder as well, laying down. Mm. This one's a soft shell, so you go in there, you zip yourself in, and they zip you from the outside, then it fills up and it expands, it's pressurized. Okay. And you're breathing in 100% oxygen because on the outside, I think you're only breathing in like, I don't know if it's 17 or 22% oxygen in the outside in the environment. So it's pumping more oxygen through your through your muscles and your blood and it speeds up recovery. A lot of people do it with um, injuries. Uh, footy players, elite sportsmen all do it. People with even like 
There's a guy we're sitting down, Brad Bradley. He's got um, cerebral palsy, and he's gone down there because he's heard from his doctors and surgeons that it's one of the best things for recovery. So it's yeah, it's pretty. It's next level. So when you say you go inside, then you blow it up as in inflate it. Is it like a balloon? <laughs> yeah. uh, is that a, is it? What are you uh, what are you stepping into? Something like is it a like material? It's like, yeah, it's, a, it's like a material. You step like like a tent, like a thick yes a thick kind of material. It is mm. sort of a thick rubber kind of thing, and you go in there, and it's like you know a bit flimsy, like a tent. Mm. And then you close it, and they put they put on the the machine, and it just fills up with air, mm. and it just goes expands, and then it's like a full like you're in a cylinder, man. Like you can't. So the benefits of adding extra oxygen or taking in 100 percent oxygen. What do we? What's what sort of benefits is it giving you? Uh, it's meant to help with um, creating uh, more uh, blood cells, red mm. blood cells in your. Um, so you're getting more oxygen in your in your blood. So it's when uh, you're recovering. It requires the blood to travel. In. Even when you're like you're doing endurance stuff, like it's how much oxygen can go to that muscle before lactic acid yep. um, builds up, and mm. then you, know, you start fatiguing. So it's going to delay the onset of fatigue while also helping you uh, recover much quicker. So the people at RK Recovery in Tullamarine, will they play any music you like if someone decides to get a bit of hyperbaric action or a bit of cryotherapy action? Yeah, yeah. Work, whatever you want. You. <laughs> They got a you know you get on Spotify and they got the speaker there for you. You play whatever you want. All right, Joel. The big the big deals coming up. Yeah. Is you're most excited more about what's coming up that, that you're actually travelling away from home to take on. Yeah, I I can't wait, man. Fifteenth of May versus Tim Zhu. Yeah. Star Event Center, Sydney Casino. Right. That's right. Ticketek. Yeah, it's um tickets are on Ticketek. Uh, you can buy that. Other people who have a message, Matt Rose, promoter, who had some uh, ringside seats available in packages of 10. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, man, it's a, it's a big fight. Uh, can they buy tickets off you first, like normal? Nah. It's, they it's can't. Not, nothing like that, mate. There's no, no, there's no kickback, mate. mate. No kickback? They shafted me Well, don't worry about ticket tech then. Yeah. <laughs> 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 don't worry about buying tickets. Nah, it's, yep. it's going to be a great event. And yep. um, that's why they're putting me and Tim's you together. He's uh, I'm his first... I'm his first big test, I believe, yep. and um, he's not going to pass the test, which I also believe as well. Um, you know, where it's a on paper and that it's a, I believe I got the edge. But you said it's a fifty-fifty fight. It's not too many fifty-fifty fights these days, mm-hmm. so it's a fight that people want to watch. And people are saying, how does Tim Zuvers, Joel Camilleri make a a main event pay per view? And I question, I question them back to them. Well, who do you want to watch? Do you want to watch a rugby player fight another rugby player because they're famous in, in their sport? We're two real athletes, man. I'm number seven in the world. He's number 130. Where I'm the Australian champion. Yeah, he's he's up and coming. The son, the son of a legend. Mm. It's it's a real fight. Mm. So um, yeah, it's it's on main event. It's uh, you can order it on pay per view. I recommend you guys all watch it because. This fight's going to be talked about for a long time. I'm, I'm going to turn Australian boxing upside down. So how many rounds are we talking um, is the title fights? Australian uh, title fights. Australian title is 10 rounds. 10 rounds. Yeah. And uh, so pay-per-view. It's on Foxtel. Yep. Pay-per-view. You can order that early. Yeah. So what's the difference been in the lead up to this fight? You're obviously getting a little bit more attention. Because, because of his dad's name. End of the day, this whole world's about making money, okay? So his name makes money. They're going to promote this event. Everyone, oh, Zoo. Everyone from around the world is going to be like, who is this Kostya Zoo's son? He must be something special. Mm. So they're all going to watch it, okay? They don't care about Joel Camilleri, the Australian champion, the person who's rated 80 positions or 70 positions higher than Tim Zoo. They, they want to watch 
Koshiju's son fight me and take another step forward before becoming world champion. Well, that's that's their goal. So, yeah, that's that's what they're promoting it as. But I'm I'm here to steal the show. I remember seeing you. They had that on. Um SBS, they did a cross. You looked a little bit pissed off, Joe. <laughs> you huh? know what? I, I'm playing along with it on yeah. um, on social media. Everyone's yep. like, Joe, don't worry about it. Don't take it to heart. My mind's too strong. I don't care if I'm fighting if I'm fighting Tim Zoo, if I was fighting Kosh Zoo. It does not matter. My my mind is that strong. I believe in myself. So when I go out there, or even on, on weighing night, we're going to look at each other, and he's going to see in my eyes that I truly believe in myself. And, you know, I hope he believes in himself too. Um, because I'm coming out there to hurt him. You know, we're boxing, we don't hate each other. Uh, he's a gentleman. I'm a gentleman. I'm going out there to get what's mine, to keep to keep what's mine, my Australian title, and to show people that I'm much better than you guys think. Um, they got him as a heavy favorite. I'm a massive underdog. I don't know why. He hasn't fought anyone who I've, who I've fought in that. So... Yeah, I think I'm gonna after this fight after I win, I'm gonna I'll be the name of Australian boxing. Does it sound like it's the weight of money, Joel? That's why his favourite. Riga, you know, people are betting on something that they they're familiar with the name. Yeah, people are betting on things that they're not familiar with. Like yeah, you know what I mean? They're, they don't well, know. They boxing. don't know that. They don't know that. They don't know boxing. If you ask ten people in the boxing scene who's gonna win, I think people will answer five me, five him. Mm. People um. It's a very, uh, it's a very uh, fair fight, but yeah, they're going by his name. They're going by all this hype and the promotions. As I said, it's a bit, it's a bit disrespectful for me to say, but he's fought eleven opponents and one had arms, mm-hmm. and that one who had arms is Wade Ryan. Much respect to him; he's a tough dude. And he dropped Tim Zhu, and he almost won that fight. So, you know, I've, I've fought some real fighters. I've got five losses, so I think, oh, John must be terrible. They don't know what happened before the fight. They don't know who I fought on whose promotion I fought him on. It's like I've fought real fighters. I mean, they've already got a four-fight plan, Joe. Yeah. Sorry to say. Yeah, I know. You know? <laughs> he's not getting past me, but... For the listeners, the four-fight plan is yeah. this. They're using you as a stepping stone. He's talking about a yeah. fight to Jeff Horn, or his team is talking yeah. about a fight to Jeff Horn. Yeah. Your thoughts on that? I think it's funny. I think it's... You know what? But it's not... He's not disrespecting me. His promoter is. He, and the people who are setting that up and even saying that, that's disrespectful. Because in the end of the day, as I say, I'll say straight out, it's about money. Mm. If... He's got signed for a three or four fight contract, which is on pay per view. I go out there and I beat him. What happens then? It's gone. They got nowhere to go. So they put a four match, a four fight plan, which is what they want to do. But when I beat him, there's nothing they can do now. They want to fight Dwight Ritchie next to Michael Zarafa, Then they want to do this. I mean, they were calling for Michael Zarafa before, before they called called for me. And then they they took the fight. And then so my team took the fight. Then they didn't want to fight. So then they thought, oh, Joel's an easier option. We'll, we'll fight Joel for his Australian title and for his rating. But they got nothing coming from a fight night. That was an option there. There was talk about uh, fighting Michael Zarafa. Yeah. Were you close to the negotiations? Did, how close was it? Was anything signed or was anything? Are they? How serious was it? They kept it? talking. They kept saying, you know, Sam and Brendan Burke were on the phone to him or whatever else quite often. But you know what? They talked. They put They put posts up and it never happened. But you know what? That's why I was very, very surprised when Sam got the call to fight to ask to fight me, um, and we took it straight away. But Sam called me. We, he already had the answer in his head. He called me as soon as he said, "Tim, you like a lucky in right now." That's still not enough to get Sam excited to leave mm-hmm. the five k rate. Is five k too far around the gym? Five k uh, radius for Sam to leave, or oh, I'd say maybe 
10 to 12. 10 to 12. So, yeah. can't, we, there is no way. Have you tried to convince him or have you just given up? Oh, every, everyone's, everyone's, everyone's tried, everyone. Everyone's offered to drive him, everything, but no, he's, not, he's not coming. Is he? Has he had uh, like a psychological evaluation as to why? With all due respect, <laughs> uh, Sam? I don't, I don't know. Why? Is, why? What's he missing, mate? Tell me. What do you think? I don't know. Just, I won't release I mean, this if I, you don't want me to. No, no, no. We'll I, cut I, it out. I believe... I believe he's being, being in the same environment for a long amount of time, and is he doesn't like it, doesn't like sitting still. He wants to get there and just be there, mm-hmm. you know. Because I know if he could be there, he'd love to be in the corner. There's something stopping him, but he'd love to be there, and he loves. To, you know, you see when I won this round, Todd, his hands are up in the air. He's so happy, you know what I mean. He's so happy. He's so proud. So either way, I know for a fact. I'm imagining him sitting down on the couch. Me, me dropping Zoo and stopping Zoo. I've won the fight. I can see Sam jumping up and down, probably throwing the remote control of the TV and then doing backflips. So what sort of support are you going to get from your family and friends in regards to um, this fight in Sydney? Are they coming up? Have you got much um, um, feedback? Yeah, well, a lot of coming up. i got a lot a lot buying off Ticketek. I've had people buying tickets through, uh, through Matt Rose and that. Um, there's a lot flying up. I've got people in Sydney contacting me saying, hey, bro, like, can I buy tickets through you? I'm like, no, it's code ticket tech. Like, I've got a lot of support uh, everywhere around Australia, but I've got at least, at least 30, 40 flying up for me. Because you also sell a lot of tickets when I notice around when we're fight, in your fighting, you know, yeah. in the past at the Pavilion and all that sort of stuff. You always got a few tables, so you've yeah. got a very strong local following. Yeah, I do. I think it's like, it's the story of you know, the kid from the West who's, who's chased his dream and stuck to it, avoided, you know, a lot of the guys, you know, got into drugs and this and that and whatever else doing, took the kind of the easy way out. Whereas I stuck to it and um, everyone appreciated it. People who were my enemies back in the day, I killed down to enemies of you know, whatever else, other schools around and all those guys come to my fight to support me because they appreciate what I'm doing. So how much would it mess with your head if Sam LaBruna turns up just before you went out? Would <laughs> 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 that freak you out? Yeah, and I'd be, I'd be freaking out. I'd be like, uh, man, where did he find the teleport machine? <laughs> <laughs> so there's there's no way. No. Nah. Because it looks like he treats you all as his kids. Yeah. He's, and as a father, yeah, he's you like want the, the best. He's like the second father. Has he got kids of his own? He's got family yeah. of his own? Yeah. yeah, he's got a son who's 28 or 29. Yeah. Um, and he's got two daughters, okay. Alira and Natalina. And they know what he's like. Well, Natalina and... Elira are young. Mm. They'd be like five and seven or around those age. So I guess, you know, they're still growing older. Growing older. They, they know how their dad is. He's a, he's a loving, loving mm. father. Loves his daughters to death. Mm. Like, mm. I know he loves us, but there's a next level to love to his daughter's love, yeah. So would he go and watch him play netball if they were, fight, if they were uh, playing oh. netball in uh, Royal Park as opposed oh. to Tullamarine? Because that's about 12Ks out. Oh. I reckon, oh... I reckon if he's going to travel, if he's going to travel, it's for his daughters. Uh-huh. There's no one else. Like, Blake, um, Blake's the the godfather of both his daughters, yeah? Mm-hmm. That's how close they are. They've mm-hmm. been together 13 years, whatever they yep. You know, they do a lot together, but he still won't travel for Blake. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't feel left out. So there's no way Sam would come in for an interview. I would have to go to him if I want him as a guest on my uh, oh. on the podcast. Oh, actually, he comes to Carlton. Does he? Yeah, we go. Yeah, he does. After the pavilion fights, we or whatever fights we come, we go up to Logan Street. So very nice. Okay, you could get him here. It's been a pleasure, Joel. 
Thank you for coming out. You've answered the call. I said, come on. Let's have a chat. I saw you fired up and I thought, oh, I got it. Foxtel pay-per-view 15th of May. What time you reckon you're going to – how many – I saw there's a fight today, um, uh, Brew Baker And Adam Coolis. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a massive fight too. It's huge. So, yeah, May, May 15, uh, the fights will start around 6 or 7 p.m., I'm pretty sure. My fight will be around 9 p.m. Um, to everyone out there, um, I'm not getting money off the ticket, off the orders, but I'm telling you now, order the fight, watch the fight. The whole event's going to be a great event, and you're going to see me turn up Australian boxing upside down, and I'm going to dethrone Zoo and ruin his game plan. Where are you staying safe? People want to come and visit you, uh, not visit you, but if they want to stay nearby, you obviously staying near the star. Yeah, we're staying, we're staying at the star. Yeah. So, guys, the press conference is on, on Monday in Sydney, and uh, the weigh-ins on Tuesday. So, feel more, fr- uh, more you're more than welcome to come down to either one of those, and then um, I'll see you guys on fight night too. So Monday is the press conference. Yep. Tuesday is the weigh-in. Yeah. What, is that going to be at the star as well? Yeah, that's at the star as well, I'm pretty All sure. All right. So it'll be later in the evening like usual. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Then Wednesday, the fights start from 6 o'clock. Yeah. So they can get flights, they can drive up. Yeah, they can, man, they can do whatever they want to do to get, get to the star casino. But I'm pretty sure the fights might start a bit earlier, but the main card... On Fox, uh, on Foxtel main event, we'll start around. I've seen six, seven, eight. Depends where you live. And what? And how? Uh, how many fights on the cut? Um, there'll be around. Ooh, I'd say between six to eight fights altogether. But on the Foxtel card, I'd say there'd be about four. Any others from Team LeBruna, or is it just you? Yeah, Shanika Johnson's fighting of as well. Yep. Shanika, yep. yeah, she's fighting um, as well against a girl who's about I think four wins, one loss. So it'd be great to see her first fight under Team LeBruna. How long has she been with the team for? I'll be a few months now. Mm. If Tom's fly, I don't even know what day it is today. You know what I mean? Like Tom just flies. I'm so in, so in the zone, but she's been in the team for at least a few months. So you got, you're two weeks out now, just yeah. quickly. Uh, what's, you must, is you plateauing out your training or are you still going hard? What's the... I'll have two more sparring sessions probably from now. Um, get some rounds with Malia and uh, a couple others. And uh, yeah, man, apart from that, just work the tactics, work, work the game plan. Get my mind right, get my body right, and then I'll be ready. Have you watched a lot of video on your upcoming opponent? I've seen him. I see what he does, but I don't go in there with a game plan, like one game plan. If he does that, I've got, I've got multiple answers. Whatever he's going to bring, I'll find that I'm ready for that. Beautiful. It's a pleasure. Thanks, Joel. Thanks, thanks for having All me. Right. Appreciate it. Ciao. Thanks for listening to this episode of Exceptional People. For past episodes, please visit our website, exceptionalpeople.com.au. That's exceptionalpeople.com.au. On our website, you'll find links to iTunes where you can subscribe to the show as well as leave feedback. For Android users, there is also a link to Stitcher Radio and also a link to our Exceptional People Facebook page. You can find all those links as well as past episodes when you go to our website, exceptionalpeople.com.au. Thanks once again and bye for now.